Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Uh, one more thing I want to say um, as we uh, move forward with today's uh, time, today's time. Um, you know, we are still walking through some interesting times, difficult times, challenging times, heartbreaking times. Uh, obviously, the coronavirus is still, um, you know, we're moving, navigating all that, uh, along with the financial aspect to that. And then, of course, we see just the um, exposure. And it's always been there. I'm say it's not new. It's always been there. But now we're, we're seeing the reality of racial injustice that's happening around about us. And that just breaks God's heart, should break your heart. I, I believe that the uh, disparity of people elevating themselves above another group or demeaning another group because of color race, I think that makes God angry. And I think it ought to make the church angry, and enough to respond in a way that speaks up and has a voice. Now, I don't agree, I agree with protesting, peaceful protesting, I don't agree with violence and destruction, but I, but I think that it's time for us all to stand up and have a voice. I'm honored to pastor a diverse church. I'm not afraid or embarrassed to say that, whatever, however it lands on people, that's okay. That's between you and God. But I'm honored to lead a diverse church, I'm thankful for it. I believe it's part of our strength and beauty. I, I, it makes us look like God and this seem like heaven, That's because that's what heaven's gonna be like, amen? And so I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm trying to find my voice, our voice in this moment. I'm trying to um, honor and respect everybody. And justice is injustice no matter who it falls on. Um, I'm trying to pray for the protesters, et cetera, and understand their pain. I'm also trying to pray for the police and understand that. Um, a few, uh, some bad people don't make everybody bad anymore than a few bad pastors make every pastor bad, okay? And so we just want to keep that in mind. In fact, we got uh, one of the good guys out in the lobby out there, thankful for him and serving. And so um, that's what we're trying to do as a church. But I have a mentor, pastor, uh, a, a spiritual father. Let me say it that way. I have a spiritual father. Um, calls me all the time, keeps up with me. I'm so thankful he's mentoring me. Um, he called me up, the, he's been calling me and talking to me through this whole coronavirus and now the racial injustice of coaching me and checking on me, seeing if I'm okay. God had put something in his heart to start a, a challenge. He's calling it the Amos 524 challenge. And he said, Don, he goes, I'm telling you this, God just really dropped this in my heart. I'm just trying to share it with my circle of relationships. I think it's important for us to be on board with other churches, other people. And um, as he began to share that with me, um, he was uh, quoting uh, a verse of scripture from the Old Testament, an Old Testament minor prophet. Many of you probably don't, uh, hasn't he haven't heard of this book, but it's the prophet, minor prophet Amos, and it's the book by his name. And he has written some things in there, one of them, this, this particular verse. Guys, you don't mind putting it on the screen. If you don't mind, go ahead and put it on the screen, Amos 524. You can put that whole slide up there. It says, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And so that what came upon his heart, he had shared with me that um, he had followed and studied leadership of Dr. Martin Luther King, and um, he had realized and pointed out that one of the most famous quotes, the most, no, no, not famous, one of the most used quotes by Dr. Martin Luther King is from Amos 524. It's not one of the most famous ones, but it's the one he used absolutely the most in his teachings and in his preaching. And I just find it very interesting that, you know, it's talking about in, in justice and righteousness, and that's really what we're looking at today. We're looking at today, we're looking at uh, justice or injustice and righteousness or unrighteousness, however you want to say that. And Dr. Martin Luther King knew by quoting that scripture in many of his speakings and many of his messages that you needed both. And I think honestly that we have to realize as a people, it's going to take both to bring a change. Because you just can't have justice, because justice really deals with the issue, uh, the, the action at hand or the action in the past, and righteousness will deal with what will happen in the future. And so it's important for us to understand that justice is important, um, and you cannot have, justice cannot be denied, 
and it cannot be delayed. And righteousness has to be acted and walked upon now for our future. One deals with the past, one deals with the future. If you have just injustice and you're dealing with just injustice, you'll have it repeated if you don't implement or find a way to include righteousness because righteousness will help you live right. And so I believe it's important for all of us to understand that principle. Wherever you land on this, it's for everybody. We need to understand it. We need to champion it. The church needs to champion it. So I told him, I signed up immediately. I went to the website. Guys, if you could put that up. I went to the website and I registered immediately uh, to be a part of the uh, Amos 524 challenge. I want to encourage all of you here to do the same thing. Um, you can still do it, be a part of this without registering for sure, but I think it's really cool to, to see the numbers of people. And uh, he texted me the other day and there was about 250,000 people that had signed up just with his uh, relationship base, which I thought was really cool. And so I'm asking all of you, as a church, we're gonna do this. As individuals, I'm asking you to do this, to go and register. Um, you can see again how to do that on the website. There are the information. You can go to our website and find it as well. But what it is, basically, every day this month, for the rest of this month, we're asking everybody to pray. Every day, pray. Amos 5.24. Pray that prayer, simple prayer, that scripture out. In fact, let me take it a step further and challenge you to do it every time you see injustice happen. Every time you look at your, your social media feed, and I would just caution you on spending too much time with that. Every time you turn on the TV and you see a news report uh, concerning injustice and the protesting and all the things associated with it, I would encourage you before you respond, before you do anything else, in that moment, pray Amos 5.24. Before you get in on your... Uh, social media and post something or you respond to something or you like something, take a moment, just a moment, and pray Amos 524. And that's what I believe it's important for all of us to do for this month, if we can all be praying the same thing and praying for justice to, to roll like a river and righteousness like mighty waters. Amen? That's how it's, this country's going to change. And so I'm going to take a moment right now to pray. Father, we just lift up the situation that we're in in the country, or that we're facing, Father God, in America today. We know that you are the only answer, Father God. There is no answer, answer that, but, but God. Lord, we know that injustice is happening, Father God, and that's not right. And Proverbs tells us that we're just supposed to speak up for those who don't have a voice and ensure their justice, Father God. And may we speak up and, and find our voice, Father God, and speak up against injustice. I thank you, Father God, that it's not right that it's ever denied or delayed for anybody, Father God. And may we be a people, Lord, where we pray that justice will flow like a river. And Father, may we pray for righteousness to rise up and spring up in this country. May righteousness fall from heaven and flow, Father God, all over, saturate everyone, Father God, in the United States of America, Father God, because this only happens when we have a changed heart and we live right, Father God, because it's right. And we'll do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, Father God. So we pray, Father God, for justice and righteousness, Lord, to be poured out on our country because we know in that, Father God, then that's where real change comes from. And so we believe this in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Can we all believe with all that? Stand with that. Come on. All right. Let's all get signed up. Amen. Okay. 20 minutes. Okay. Miracles of God still happen today. Right? Come on. All right. So let's go ahead and get to Acts 2.1. And we're going to just pick up where we left off last week. We kicked off a series on Pentecost Sunday. Um, talking about, you know, the, the purpose of the day of Pentecost, celebrating God. I, I think it's awesome that we had targeted that date to come back for our in-person gatherings uh, because it is when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church or the church began. It was actually the birth of the church. And so I, I thought just so many ways that that connect last week as we're talking about the outpouring of God's power. And um, we have never closed our doors, so I'm not saying the reopening of the church um, but our regathering, and we believe that, you know, the presence and power of God is here, as always, and helping empower us 
to live a life that is reflective of who he is on this earth. And we talked about what, what the day of Pentecost meant. I don't want to review a lot. I want to encourage you. You can go back and check it out online. But uh, just some of the things I think are important to, to note before we move on today was the day of Pentecost is actually a celebration that the children of Israel uh, partook in when they were released from bondage from Egypt. Now, that was the Passover. And so they were led to the base of the mountain where God, Moses went up the top of the mountain, the power and presence of God fell, uh, loud noises, fire fell from heaven, and wrote uh, a new way of living on tablets of stone. And then Moses brought them down, and it was a new way of living for God's people, and the formation of the nation of Israel happened that day. And so when we look back, or when they still look back today, we're looking back in the scripture, but even today, this is celebrated, the Feast of of um, Pentecost is celebrated, it's when God came and formed a nation and wrote on tablets of stone a way of living. Well, what we see in the scripture in the New Testament, the celebration of that, Jesus has fulfilled, sent the Holy Spirit, and now we see with loud noises and, and, and tongues of fire riding a new way of living, not on tablets of stone like on the mountain, but on the hearts of people, and went from an, from an external way to live to an internal way to live. And then with that came an empowerment to live the new life. It's one thing to have a new life, it's another to have the power to live it the way God intended. And so uh, that's what we're looking at. And so when we move on to today, I wanna look at another aspect of the Holy Spirit that's just not about um, the outpouring of God's presence and power um, establishing the church. And I think that is incredibly significant. But there's other things, because some people might sit here and say, well, I'm just not real sure what I think about the outpouring of power, and they all began to speak in other tongues, and that's just kind of weird or freak, freaky. And some of you guys came from churches where they spoke against that. Don't know that Holy Ghost thing. That's one of those Holy Ghost churches. Don't go there, right? And even if you associate the term Pentecost, like Pentecostals, you guys Pentecostals? Because that means like you don't wear any makeup, and your hair is all this way, and you do, use tambourines. And can I tell you, tambourines are always forbidden and quarantined here. And just we quarantine them. They're never allowed, ever. And so, but there's this idea and understanding that I think is wrong and based on people's experiences, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit. And so because of one aspect that we look or one expression, we don't even want to engage the Holy Spirit at all. And I want today to show you how important the Holy Spirit is to your everyday life. I mean, the cross, the, the access to the cross, what Jesus did on the cross gave us the opportunity to have a changed heart a new life where old things are passed away, all things become new. And let me say it this way in context of today, old mindsets, old biases, old experiences. That's why the only way this is gonna change is when hearts are changed, and the only way a heart can change is from the inside out, not from the outside in. So legislation and laws and, and things like that are good and important and necessary, but real change is gonna come from a changed heart, and that's what Jesus did and provided on the cross. And then after that heart is changed, you need a power beyond your natural power to live in the earth today the way God intended. New life, new power for that new life. And so we need to embrace the Holy Spirit, and so we need to navigate sometimes through some of the things that we don't understand or people said stay away from. That's not even scriptural, but I wanna give you five things today on the Holy Spirit that that's, he comes that way that we desperately need, especially in our se the season that we're in. So in Acts 2.1, um, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost came, it was a day, it was a moment so it was an actual happening based on a celebration when the, the new way of living came and God's people were formed. That's what we're still looking at today, a new way of living. And so when the day of Pentecost came is what they were celebrating. And there was principles that are true then, 
why I say it. Principles that are true then on that day that are true now. One is external, but now they've become internal. And God knew his people needed more than rules and regulations. They needed a change of heart. Now look at Acts 2.12. He says, the people, when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost in the upper room and, and the disciples poured out in the street, they were emboldened, they were empowered by the power of God, and Peter began to preach the gospel. Uh, other things were happening that says the people there heard them speak in their own language, but yet they were Galileans and everybody else gathered was from different cultures and, and backgrounds, which is amazing to me that the establishment of the New Testament church, God chose to pour his power out at a moment that there was a gathering that was more diverse than any other time of the year. It was the absolute more diverse time, most diverse time of the year when the power of God fell. Please don't think that's coincidence. Oh, well, that's just kind of cool how that happened. Now, how that worked out, that's kind of neat how that worked out. No, God is intentional on how all that happened. He wanted his power poured out on his people to form the church when it could be the absolute most diverse and therefore the most powerful it could be. And so um, Peter uh, speaks up and begins to, in a moment, but here the people are responding by the outpouring and they're amazed and perplexed What does this mean? I want to tell you some of the things it means that we may not necessarily focus on because we focus on a particular package, packaging the way it looks. And so that's what I want to get to you today because um, we're asking really for heart change and then the power to live a new way. And it's important for us to understand that that really truly only comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus had a lot to say. Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. In fact, think about this for a moment. One night, the night before Jesus was going to go to the cross, the night before he was going to be taken and he was going to be tried illegally and he was going to be beaten and he was going to be crucified, the night before he had one last supper, we call it the last supper, one last gathering of his disciples, he sat around the table, first he washed their feet, sat around the table, and for that night, the conversation, the longest conversation in scripture we see, Jesus with his disciples about the Holy Spirit happens right there. It's almost as if to say, you guys don't realize this yet, although I've been telling you over and over again what's going to come and going to happen. But listen, I want to tell you one more thing before it comes, comes true. Uh, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to make sure you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's the same that he's saying to us today. We need to make sure. And so let's take a look in John 14, 15, 16. Jesus says, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Five times in this conversation, Jesus says, if you will embrace him, Here are the things he will do. And I want to look at the five things Jesus says, if you will embrace the Holy Spirit, that he will do in your heart and your life, and we desperately need him today. Um, So let's take a look, starting with John 14, 16. Here we go. John 14, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, you'll see the conversation of the Holy Spirit. Let's start right here, John 14, verse 16. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Say comforter. That word, capital C, is referring to the Holy Spirit. It's the way that Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit the most. There were many other ways that he referred, many other aspects to him, but Jesus used this word more than the others. The comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Comforter. He's a comforter. He abides with you forever. He's a comforter. I don't know about you, but especially in today, I I need comfort. And I I wrote all these out, or these are all going to be presented to you in a way as prayers. And so here's my first point. He is, the Holy Spirit comforts me. And I don't know where you're at today, but I'll be honest with you, I've needed comfort these last few months more than I think I've ever needed comfort. 
with all the things that are happening around and personal things and just what's happening and leading this church and, and all the, the, the pressures and the stresses associated with it all and everything's changing so much and, and my role and my position. Can I, can I tell you, I've prayed this prayer more than any other time of my life and I simply just say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Because the honesty is, I don't know what to pray and say half the time. Something happens almost in a moment. I'm like, are you kidding me? How are we going? I don't know. And what happened here? And what are they saying? And I thought it was this way. Now it's this way. And all I know how to say sometimes is, Holy Spirit, come for me. And I would bet if I was a betting person. And if I was and I won, I'd give 10% to the church. But I would be willing to bet. I would, I'd get up all the church, actually. I'd be willing to bet. Okay, I got to move on. That there's some of you today that just need to simply say, I don't know what to say right now with how I'm feeling, but I just need to say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. And you don't need to wait till you leave this place, and you don't need to wait till you get home, and you don't need to wait till you're at lunch and start talking about the message. And all of a sudden, right now, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you can just say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. And I, my, my wife and I were um, at dinner uh, Friday night. We were actually with somebody Friday night, and uh, I, got a, I got a text if they... If an individual could call me, and I, and I took the call, and uh, of course, and, and we had found out that a, a, a family member, church, church member, church member, church family member, friend, um, had lost a loved one suddenly. And uh, so I was on the phone, and uh, in that moment, and just trying to bring comfort, and then the next day, we were in here, we had an amazing Saturday morning of prayer, just a real powerful time. Afterwards, uh, my wife and I went to get a bite to eat together, just, just me and I sitting there, and all of a sudden in the restaurant, I got, a, uh, I got a text that said, can I call you right now? All the family is together. And I told Jess, I need to go outside and, and take this. And the moment I'm thinking, as it hit me, I'm like, well, I'm not ready for that. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> just kind of sat down to eat, and all of a sudden, here's someone that's hearts breaking. And, and I get up, and I go out on the phone, and, and I'm like, Lord, help me. What am I going to say? In that moment, I'm asking God, God, bring me comfort. And then as I walk out the door, and I get him on the phone, I don't know what to pray in that moment. They just had lost a loved one unexpectedly, and now I'm on speakerphone with the whole family, and people are gathered there in a room, and I don't even know most of them. And I'm just like, I'm praying, Lord, I'm just praying, Father God, all I know is, Lord, that you are the comforter. You sent the comforter. Thank you for the comforter, because the comfort has come to comfort. The comforter has come to bring peace. And Father, I pray for the comforter to move in this family. I pray for every person to reach out and embrace the comforter. Do what only you can do, Father God. There are no answers. There are no anything to say. But Father God, you comfort like nobody else. Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Well, look what he says in John uh, 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. You know what comforter also means is peace. It's God's peace. Jesus saying, I'm gonna leave you peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Listen to this. I do not give it to you as the world gives. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on everything lining up just right in your life. It's not based on things being happy or your opinion or whatever that works out to be. It's based on God, something greater than yourself. And it's like, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Because this isn't working out right here. And I don't know how to make everything work out just right for me. And I, I could comfort me. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How can we live that way? Because we can access a comfort greater than what this world can give and provide. And it's through the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a comforter. And in this time, in this time that things are so sensitive and, and are happening and so volatile and there's so much hurt and there's so much pain, we need, you need, I need, we need to cry out for the comforter. Look what he says in John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you, say teach you. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything. Teach you and remind you of everything I have told you. Here's the prayer, Holy Spirit, 
I wrote it this way, reveal truth to me. And I think that's important. As we say, Holy Spirit, you can say, Holy Spirit, teach me. That wouldn't be wrong right there. But I like, I, like the, I like the phrase, reveal truth to me. Holy Spirit, reveal truth to me. And this is a prayer that I'm praying right now because just to be honest with you, there's so many emotions and so many things and opinions and biases and my own experiences. I need the truth of God, not my opinion. I need God's truth, not what I consider my truth. And I certainly don't need the media's truth. Or man's truth. And I like to think that I know what's going on sometimes. Well, I'm just being honest with you. You know what? We all have our own truth, but is it the truth? And we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to us. This is a prayer I'm praying over and over again. I'll say this with every prayer. Praying it over and over again. And let me just say in the context of today, I'm talking to my African-American friends. Pastor Dave's on staff, my friend John Hillard, and I'm talking. We, had, uh, we connected with another African-American couple. And, and, and I'm asking them, I'm like, speak into my life. Help me see my blind spots. Because my truth may not be the truth that you see or experiencing. My truth may be based on circumstances or biases and prejudices that I don't even know in my life and my family, and I want to know the truth. Because how can I help you if I don't know the truth? How can I be sensitive to the people that are being marginalized and, and being prejudiced against unless I know truth? And listen, all of us need to pray this prayer. It doesn't matter your race, your color, your religion, your background, your experiences. We all need to grow. The Holy Spirit helped me. I need to learn. I need to learn right now in this time. And you know what helps me learn? The book the Holy Spirit wrote. And I know what you're thinking right now. Acts, yeah, he wrote that, but he wrote all the other ones too. Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And I know some people, no man wrote the Bible. No man held the pen, but the Holy Spirit guided it. And so the Bible is truth to you and I. So Hebrews 4, 12 through 13, New Living Translation, for the word of God is alive and powerful. And aren't you glad the word is alive and powerful, relevant to today and into our tomorrows? It is, listen to this, it is sharper. The word of God is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit of Don Duncan. So Don Duncan can know what's truth and what is not. Because some of the things Don Duncan thinks may not be truth. That's just what he knows. But the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, will reveal that when I open myself up to it. So it will cut between soul and spirit of Don Duncan, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I have flaws. I have issues. We all have issues. But it shows me what needs to be cut out. exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing is hidden from God. That's a powerful prayer. Let's look at the next one, John 15, 26. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We all need the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, listen to this last phrase, he will testify about me. He will speak about me. He will give you words to say about me that are from God. Let me say it this way, he'll use you. He'll use you as his voice. He'll use you as his witness on the earth. In fact, here's the prayer, Holy Spirit, use me. Today, Holy Spirit, use me. Every day you get up, every situation you come to, Holy Spirit, use me. Use me to help someone. Use me to serve someone. Use me to reach out to someone who does not look like me. Use me to bring healing to a situation. I want to be used by you to make a difference. Use me to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Use my voice. I've asked God, we've asked God to use us to use this church. My prayer is, God, use Tree of Life. Use this church and all its diversity that you had planned as a voice to speak up for injustice and to speak up for righteousness. 
Use us, Father God. We want to be your voice. We want to serve on your behalf. Acts 1.8 says this, but you'll receive power. Say power. Because it's one thing to be used, it's another thing to be used in power. Come on. To to be used beyond your natural ability. Because I can't do that in the natural. No, you can't. That's why he sent the supernatural. That's why he sent you power, so he can use you. I want to be used. Okay, let me give you the power then to be used beyond the natural. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I want to use you and to be my witnesses. I want you to use you on my behalf. I want you to use you to be an example to the world and not just here, not just around that area, but all over the world. I want to use you. God, use me. He's given power to be used with people that don't look like us in countries that aren't our country and cultures that aren't our cultures. Let me give you the power for that. Holy Spirit, use me. I want to be used by you. I want to say this because I think it's important to say this in church. The Holy Spirit power is not just so you can have a Holy Ghost party. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party and a Holy Ghost party never stops or whatever that goes on. I heard Pastor Dave, our youth student ministry, he knows, he, he knows that little song right there, right? I heard him above everybody else. It's not just so we can have a good time. I want to have a good time in God. But that's not, that's not, that's not what it's all for. That's not what the outpouring of the power is for. That's not, that's not what it's being used for. In fact, the whole thing about the power of God and the prayer, use me, God, Holy Spirit, use me, is for souls. When you look at that, so you can be witnesses, so you can reach people's souls to be witnesses in our own city, our state, our nation, and the world with people from different places and different cultures. Holy Spirit, use me. Holy Spirit, comfort me. Holy Spirit, teach me or reveal truth. Holy Spirit, use me. Let me read this, this one here. John 16, 8. Jesus talked in John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That word convict is powerful, and we don't like it. But let me tell you, it's a powerful word. It's actually a beautiful word if you understand what it means. This is a good prayer to pray. Holy Spirit, convict me. Holy Spirit, convict me. Because none of us get it right all the time. None of us. Maybe sometimes you get it right, but you don't get it right all the time, and neither do I. And there's times that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to convict us uh, if we're wrong. Because all of us have strong convictions, especially today. We all have strong convictions based on what we've seen, heard, our past experiences. And so we need the Holy Spirit to convict us, to point out anything in me that's not right. Look at what King David prayed, and I pray this, I literally pray this every single day. Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24, New Living Translation, he says this, King David crying out, search me, O God. Another translation, I say, search my innermost being, and know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. And listen to this phrase, point out anything in me that offends you, God. Because see, here's the thing, anything that offends God is not necessarily anything that offends other people. But if you know you pray anything that offends God, it will cover everybody. Because everybody else in your circle has a different level of offense. Some things offend them, some things don't. But you know what? It's not based on them. It's based on what, is this, what offends you, God? I, I don't care what they think or say. But anything that's offensive to you, God, reveal to me. Search my innermost being, Father God, and I want to surrender those things. Shine a light, Holy Spirit, on something in me that's not of you so I can deal with it. I can repent and go on with what you have for me. Convict me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. God will never condemn you, so don't get condemnation with, and confused with conviction. 
Conviction means the Holy Spirit will point to a way out, a point of change. He says, I'll help you with that. We can deal with that. I can take care of that. Condemnation comes from the devil and says, you have no way out. You have no hope. You're always going to be that way, and it will never change. So if you feel the condemnation, that's not from God. That's from the devil. As God says, the Holy Spirit says, there's always a way where there seems to be no way. I have a way out for you. The Holy Spirit convict me. Because none of us gets it right all the time. And he says, I can help you with that. And he does it with grace and mercy. Let's look at the last one, John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. Let me back up. He will guide you into all truth. He will tell you what is to come. He will comfort you. He will teach you. He will use you. He will convict you. And he's going to guide you. He's going to tell you what's to come. What a beautiful gift. And can I tell you, like I said, every other one, I pray this more than I've ever prayed in my life because we are in unprecedented times and we are on unprecedented ground. And I have no idea what's next. And I have no idea what to do with most of this. But can I thank you that I don't, can I just tell you I'm thankful I don't have to know because I know one who does know. And I need a guide. Listen. He knows how to guide and navigate through these times. And so if we ever, can I tell you, if we ever need a guide, have you ever been a place and like, I wish I had a guide for this. I don't even know. What is that? I don't know. It kind of looks cool. What's it all about? Where'd it come from? I have no idea. Right? We go places sometimes and I'm the guy that wants to get a guide because I, they have more knowledge than I do. They can give me more background and context to this. They can help me make a better decision. Hey, come on, men. Have you ever been a, a, a place going somewhere, guys, and men, you didn't want to ask directions? You're at home. You can raise your hand at home on the couch. Your wife already knows. So That's hard for men. We need a guide. Hey, we need a guide. In today's world, we need a guide. I need a guide on how to parent my 19 and 21-year-old. I need a guide on how to be a good husband with my wife. I need a guide on how to be a good pastor. I need a guide on how to be a good friend. I need a guide to know how to be a good white evangelical pastor in the world we're living today. I need a guide to tell me how to, how to have in-person gatherings as a church in the world today so we can still gather together for those that feel comfortable. I've never been here before. And I don't want to stumble, fumble, and bumble my way through and hurt a whole bunch of people and make a whole bunch of mistakes along the way when I have a guide. Some of us stop and ask the guide. We're, we're taking lefts and we should take rights and we're going north and we should go south and ask the guide. I just think that we don't understand fully what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is in our life. And we, we just look at a different aspect. But when the Holy Spirit fell, and the outpouring, yeah, tongues of fire, and they began to speak in other tongues, and they poured out on the street. But yeah, you know who fell then? The comforter fell then. The teacher fell then. The one who convicts fell then. The one who guides fell then. And if there's ever a time that we need him, it's today. What a beautiful, beautiful gift. Holy Spirit, guide me. Guide me. Let's look at Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice saying, no, uh, no, 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 don't go that way. Come on, you know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about. Come on. You know, when you're going this way and just something in you like, nah, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I wish I would listen, <laughs> you know, or whatever. You know the Holy Spirit's right there speaking in your ear. I, I don't know, this might seem a little weird to you, and, and that's okay, but um, it happened. That's all I know. Two times in my life I felt like I heard an audible voice. It's mostly just an inward leading. Two times I felt an audible voice, and he, you may agree with that or not, and that's okay. 
I was in Europe a long time ago, years ago, and I was invited to be a, a speaker at a Bible school, and uh, I was in Sweden, and I thought, wow, why did, and I'm, I had this moment before my very first class, I'm out at this little lake at the place I'm staying, they're getting ready to come pick me up, take me to the school, I'm going to teach uh, Monday through Friday, I don't know how many classes, and I'm standing and had this moment of feeling overwhelmed and feeling inadequate and feeling insecure, like, who am I? I mean, <laughs> out of all the thousands of people they could have invited to be here, why did they pick me? And I was just feeling that, and all of a sudden, in that moment there, I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, if you'll continue to put me first in your life, I will take you places you never dreamed you could go, and you'll do things you never dreamed you could do. And I haven't got it right every time, but can I tell you, I stand here today because he has been my guide. Not because I'm better than anybody else. There are more people that are better educated. There's people that do this way better than me, but this is where he guided my life. I wouldn't be here today. I had no idea. I never dreamed this would even be possible for somebody like me. You don't know, but let him guide you. Let him lead you. He'll take you places you never dreamed you could go, and you'll do things you never dreamed you could do if you'll let him be your guide. Because God is a good and faithful God. Amen? Amen. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Our church needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Our country needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And let it begin with me. Let it begin with you. It begins with each and every one of us. We cry out, Holy Spirit, comfort me in this day. Holy Spirit, reveal your truth to me. Teach me. I want to learn. I want to grow. Holy Spirit, use me. I want to testify of you. Holy Spirit, convict me. If there's anything in me that's not of you, reveal it so I can repent and deal with it. Holy Spirit, guide me. Lead me where you would want me to go. Lead me to places, Father God, I would never have gone without you. Wherever you are right now, here in person or at home, the Holy Spirit is with you. And all you need to do is just invite him in. Just ask We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.